You are now listening to Awaken You with Shelly Bond. Welcome to my show where we explore ourselves. We talk about growth, healing, breath, life, yoga, failures and successes, intuition, inspiration, fears, manifestation, books, writing, motivation, food, parenting, inner child work, mindfulness. What are your thoughts? My love for healing with energy work, learning how to love myself, forgive myself, and know my own self-worth. I have a deep well inside to hold space and connect with women. And I have learned that awakening is for us all, especially for those of us who think that it's not. Waking up to our life's flaws and all is possible because, my friends, life is a practice. It's not a perfect Hello, my beautiful soul sisters. This is one of my favorite days of the week. This is time to connect and share my heart with you. It's so interesting. It's like I'm sitting with a group of my most favorite soul sisters sharing my heart. Today, I'm very excited because I finally finished. You probably have heard me talking a lot about Rebecca Campbell's Letters to a Star Seed. This is this beautiful book, and the tagline is Messages and Activations for Remembering Who You Are and Why You Came Here. I used to have a really hard time with reading all through school. It's funny, I was just talking to my daughter, Junie, about focus, and every time I would read when I was school-aged, the information wouldn't soak in because I was always zoning out or daydreaming. (laughs) I'd have to read the same page like five times and then I'd have to be like, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And I started reading again at my own leisure about eight years ago, maybe a little bit longer, maybe like 10 years ago. And it was interesting because one of my subconscious programmings was that I'm a terrible reader and that I can never learn new things. I always thought that when you stopped going to school, that that meant that that was the end of you learning and growing. And hello, as we know, that's not the case. The only time we stop learning and growing is when we die. And in that moment, depending on what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, like there's rebirth, rebirth in life again. And... I feel like books have been such a powerful part of my journey and it can take a long time to read a book. Like I could sometimes, there's a book, I can gobble it up in like two to four days and sometimes books that are a little more challenging for me, it takes me like a month versus many years ago, I wouldn't read anything. I went, I feel like I'm not reading anything for like well over 10 years. I would read to my kids when they were little and I'd read them picture books. And then we started, I remember we started the Junie B. Jones series with Junie. And then my boys got, or I guess Milo, got really big into the Captain Underpants. And I just found myself loving it. Like I loved those books and I still do more than they do. I love, love picture books. I've self-published three children's picture books, actually four now, four four. Isn't that crazy? I love the colorful pages. I love the creativity, the imagination and middle grade fiction, which I've written a few middle grade fictions and never 
I still have yet to publish those. I wrote two really beautiful middle grade fictions that I just love. I read them and I just like can climb into that imaginary land. I love it. And it's so interesting because I never would have thought of myself as like the self-help person, but we all can help ourselves. And I've been more on like the stubborn side when it comes to my ego. And I'm more of like, I can do things myself. And that's what's great about self-help books such as this beautiful one, which is more very spiritual self-help book, Letters to a Starseed. But this self-help genre really allows us to explore different parts of ourselves. And it's just like with anything, you take what resonates and you leave what doesn't. So whenever we read a book, even if it's a children's picture book or we watch a movie, take the parts and the pieces that resonate and leave the other ones away. Don't let that negativity bias, that fight, flight, or freeze response that sometimes is ingrained that we don't even realize it's happening. Don't let that dominate and get in the way of your, your growth journey, your healing journey. So without further ado, I introduce this beautiful book, Letters to a Starseed, which this book did take me a little longer to read. It was interesting because I read the first three parts, which they're really small and I appreciated that. They're like not even set up in chapters or there are some actually a couple different parts. I think it's like I'm flipping through the book if you can hear the pages, but it's really beautiful. And they're just like these incredible little entries. And if you have ever dabbled in Rebecca Campbell's work, she is this beautiful, amazing here. I'll read her little thing in the back of the book. It says, Rebecca Campbell is a world renowned writer, mystic and creative whose best selling books and Oracle decks are published in 18 languages. All of her creations are dedicated to weaving the soul back into everyday life. And I wanted to just back up a little bit as I was sharing about books. I really wanted to bring onto my podcast my love for books and literature and personal growth because not all of us have all of the time to read the books and sometimes we want to read the books and then we make all the excuses and we don't. And so my intention with sharing books here, which I've shared one book, which was my book. And I think this is just my second book club. So happy book club, happy second book club is to pack in the punch of what my big takeaways were from this book. And so perhaps it could help you along your journey. And so Letters to a Starseed, I was first intrigued when I saw the title. I was like, hmm, Letters to a Starseed, what is a starseed? And in the work that Rebecca, this beautiful mystic, amazing, intuitive, she had this word starseed come to her. And a starseed is a soul who understands that they are having this human experience. So it goes like really deep spiritually and metaphysically. And I originally, I read this book for a walking book club, a hiking book club that I have done with this beautiful soul sister for the past few years. And that was one of the parts where she didn't resonate as much with, but for me, it was like, I so resonated with that. I so resonated with so many parts of this book and not ever really feeling like I belonged here or I had a place here because as we know in society, there's like these boxes that you check these like 
mile markers that you go through in your life. And then if you haven't done them, it almost feels like you're a failure. And I always felt like I'm so weird and different and I don't know why I can't fit in like this. And it's this book has been such this reminder that we're not all meant to fit into the same size box. Sometimes we're star-shaped or we're oval or oblong or sometimes we're all of the shapes mixed together and sometimes we're just like a splatter, eclectic array of all things messy. In this beautiful book, I really enjoyed how Rebecca, she talks a lot about weaving weaving this our soul into our everyday life. And at the end of each kind of entry that weren't as much chapters, but just these beautiful entries that you could just pick up and open the book and be like, ooh, like, let's see, <clears throat> as I open up here, this one, it, you know, what's so funny is I freaking open this page, of course, before I even said that about never fitting in. Do you want to know what I'm on? Gives me goosebumps. Thank you, universe. You were never meant to fit in. I'll read like a little bit of this because I know that there's some like copyright infringement things that I think I can read up to like five sentences in a row of her work. So this is on page 36, the part that is called earthed. And it's just two little sentences that says, you were never meant to fit in. Being you is the whole point. And Rebecca really gives us permission to be the unique, incredible being that is us. Because once we can realize that we are these star seeds, that we are these spirits, that we were meant for these brighter, deeper reasons. And a lot of us, as Rebecca shares, have a really hard time. We struggle with the pain and the suffering and the division going on in the world. But when we go deeper, 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 deep into our lineage, deeper, deeper, deeper into the Akashic records, which are our spiritual records that some people say, and in this book, that our life's past, present, future are all predetermined by these Akashic records. I say, take it or leave it. You don't have to resonate with that. It doesn't have to be the thing. But when you go into those Akashic records, if that is some soul work that you want to do, if it resonates or not, that our spirits picked this very specific time to show up on this planet, that we made these spiritual contracts to be here to be now. And even though we might not understand, like, why, why would I pick my mother? Why would I pick my father? Why would I pick this family? Because everything that you're experiencing is your karma from your past lives to bring you to this life to help perhaps heal deeper on these deeper levels. And this book is just such a soul love book. And it really invites us permission to dig deep into what is our soul's purpose this life? Like, what is our soul's purpose? And it just makes me think of our relationships and especially our closest relationships with, say, your partner or your kids or your parents. And what is the karma that keeps repeating itself to you? What is the pattern that keeps repeating it to you? Could perhaps one of your things be to heal in this life is to learn how to create healthy, loving boundaries with these people? Or could it be that you need to take some space to take a break because the universe brought all this pain and all this suffering into your life from this person so you could grow from it, so you could be stronger? 
because it's this beautiful quote that's actually my bathroom. The pain that you feel today is the strength you will feel tomorrow. Gives me goosebumps. There's so much in this book and I have like so many pages. Dog-eared. Oh, star family. I'm like, ah, oh, another part. I just flipped to ancient stars in our bones. This one, I think I could read it. It's one, two, three, four, five. It's five sentences, so I can read this little part. This is like a part that stands out in bold. Perhaps that's why all of the universe's secrets can be found by looking into a lover's eyes or at a flower or a tree or single waves, supernovas, luminous stellar explosions as above and so below goosebumps. Deeper and deeper into this book, there are parts and reminders, activations and remembering that we all come from the stars, that we all have this star family. That's why you hear me all the time, soul sisters. How do you explain this deep soul connection that you just have with people that you've never met before that you're like, mm, you're home. These are your star family, your star people. Oh, it gives me goosebumps in my hair and makes me smile so much. I've experienced this more and more over the last five years because I've been open to it. I used to allow like anxiety and overwhelm to dominate me. And I was totally a recluse, especially after my daughter was born, which I can't even believe this. She's almost freaking 13, but I was really bad. Like I would go to work and do hair back in those days, but I did not want to hang out with anyone. I had no outside people. It was just like me and my daughter and then my sisters and my husband. And the more I open up to expand and connect with my star family, oh, my sisters, it keeps expanding. That invisible web of connection just keeps expanding. And I love this part in particular in this book, Letters to a Starseed, when she talks about how our light and our energy is meant to be at the space and the location that we're at. Like when you feel that calling to be where you're at, it's because your light and your energy as the star seed is meant to be and be an anchor in this space. And you might think of like, why do I have star seeds or other soul friends who are in different states and I barely get to connect with them? Well, you have to know this is that omnipresent heart connecting energy that you are connected with as people and you're anchoring the energy and the light and the vibration in your part of the country. And they are anchoring and activating their light in their part of the country. And there are these, you know, as a star seed, we do have higher vibration, higher energies, because we are more prone to leading with love instead of fear. We are more prone to allowing, I mean, as a star seed, and in this book, it talks about an empath, we can feel these heavy, heavy feelings. We can experience the pain of others because think of those moments, whether you identify as an empath or non-empath. And so I will explain. So an empath is someone who feels others, others' emotions. An empath is someone who takes on the energies around them. And an empath doesn't only just take on the energies of other people. Empaths, we can feel and sense the energy in objects because everything is energy, right? From physics and quantum physics, especially, it really expands and shows us like on this scientific basis, 
And Albert Einstein's work very much supports how energy is everywhere, right? It's like E equals MC squared. That formulation that he wrote is energy and mass. E, M, energy, mass. Like that is like... And I can remember as a little girl when we would go, my family or just my sisters and friends, we would go to, it was called the Foothills Fashion Mall. And it was this like indoor mall that looped in this big circle. And I remember them having like those big jewelry stores. And I remember walking into the stores and feeling just like so freaking overwhelmed with all of the energy. Like, and just like I wanted to melt down and run into a hole. And throughout my whole whole life, I have been an empath, but not really understood what that was or what to do with it. And beautiful Rebecca Campbell in this lovely book. Ah, thank you, Rebecca. She has like this whole segment in the book about being an empath and then being kind of a non-empath. And then she talks about kind of just like an empath who just is a sponge, who just takes everything on, doesn't understand why you walk into a room and you feel anger and anxiety, and then it uh, sucks into your belly or it sucks into your head, and then it ruins your day. Or right, if you've been with your partner for a long time, you might resonate with this. They get angry, that energy just spirals and shoots into you, and then you're being angry, and then you're sending it to your kids. And that yucky karmic loop cycle of toxic sludge keeps spiraling. What I freaking am so grateful for in this book, one of my huge takeaways about being an empath is becoming a grounded empath. And in particular, I'm looking out of the window at this beautiful tree where I podcast in my lovely creative space. And it's this beautiful, huge, knobby, crookedy tree. And maybe like 35% of it is actually diseased and dying. But the other 70% is thriving and beautiful in the pine cones. And then it's rooted. And it's rooted so much that you can actually see some of the roots coming out of the earth. What we don't see in trees, well, we do in fall this fall season is, well, this tree tree is a pine tree and it holds its needles and it doesn't just like pull its roots out of the earth and fall over when it's experiencing overwhelm or the seasons are shifting and the rain is coming or the snow and the wind or the sun or birds are coming or deer or elk are rubbing and rubbing their heads against the tree. They're just freaking grounded and rooted. And this was huge for me when I read this in this book, because I've been doing a lot of expanding and I learned in this last year how to transmute from empathy to compassion, but it didn't always settle. I didn't feel like I could, I don't feel like I can just easily access compassion. I can't just switch it on. Sometimes it is a great challenge. And my daughter is also a very huge heart, a huge empath. And together we have kind of been navigating these waters of empathy and compassion. And for us, we've learned that we can transmute empathy into love. We can give love and send love and have this protection bubble of love and being rooted. What does that mean? I had my last women's circle with the Hive Soul Sisters Collective and another woman who came to me at the very end and expressed how she's also an empath. And I could tell how she was taking on the energy of 
one woman in particular who was experiencing great pain and physical, like physical pain and like suffering. And it was very vocal and odd and audible audio. Nope. Audible. Like you could hear it. And she came up to me and asked, uh, how do you transmute? How do you become rooted? And she kind of sat for a moment and said, I don't really understand. So I really wish that if there's any takeaways for anyone who resonates with being that empath energy, that being an empath, first of all, is a gift. It's not a weakness. It is a great spiritual freaking gift. And I feel so called to this topic so much that I haven't really written much since I published my book, Awaken You. And I've been having my memoir on the back burner. I just haven't felt that like light of, and guess what? Yesterday, I freaking started writing and I had all of these like titles (laughs) because this, this topic of being an empath and how we can learn to work with it and not against it and use it in this life to help us right with that karma, to help us work towards our soul mission on this planet. And I came up with so many amazing different titles that I'm really excited about. And I haven't landed on one, but the word alchemy is definitely going to be in there. The word empath, perhaps the word energy. I have lots of different words. One of them was the, or here it is. This one sounded really good to me and yummy. Alchemizing empath energy. And I just really wanted to share just different resources and tools to help transform, shift, let go, let go, or hold on to our gift, like things that can help us with this great gift. I'm getting really excited. And I think that I didn't even really answer. Did I, Shelley? I'm talking to myself. I like to talk in languages. So how do we, as these like incredibly big freaking feeling humans, right? We are these spirits we have identified. Perhaps we are a starseed or are not. And if you are not resonating with being a starseed, that's okay. There is like a time and that like moment of like inner knowingness that comes when it's ready, when and if it's ready. And if it's not ready, that's okay. But if you are intrigued, keep listening because there's so many yummy pieces from this book. So many soul sleeping, like connecting, awakening, growth, expansion, healing moments that I experienced during this freaking book. And coming back, Shelley, coming back down. So this is something that I have struggled with as being like on the spiritual path. And I've always been able to connect my energy in one moment in like one second. I'm like my energy is shot high into the universe. I can connect with the ethers, my spirit guides, my guardian angels in like a matter of a second, a thought. But what has been a struggle for me is connecting to the earth, even though I've loved the earth, but I have had this almost resistance or maybe this feeling of not being worthy of all of the love, the unconditional love that the earth gives us. And maybe just feeling so disconnected from the earth because of being that empath and shielding my energy away from others. Because if you do resonate with this, and you go out in public, or if you're like me, you go into a store and you're like, bah, 
out and you feel all the energy, I just wanted to go hide in my own room and be alone. Because as an empath, there's we don't know how to process when we're young or not understanding of our gift, of this empathy gift. We don't know how to process and move this energy or use it for our highest good. It works against us. And that's when we feel like, oh my gosh, this is a hindrance. Why me? And then we're stuck. And Rebecca shares with us once again, as I've talked about a lot of times, but I just love hearing it in different books reiterated in different ways, is that we can get stuck in that victim mentality saying, whoa, why me? Why is this happening to me? And it happens a lot. Like just the other day, I had that happen because I've had some, from 2019, someone opened up a PayPal account for something ridiculous, like $300 in my name and used an address that was from more than eight years ago that I lived in and charged up this money. And I'm like trying to resolve it with the debt collecting company and the people are being really difficult to work with and I'm having a hard time. And I reached out to a friend just to get a little information because I have to make a police report, which is like, seems like a waste of time, but it's one of those human things that I'm realizing that I have to face life head on when difficult situations come and I don't have to avoid, I don't have to avoid confrontation because this is another part of being an empath. As an empath, we can often avoid confrontation, avoid doing hard things because it's too hard and we're like, I can't take this, I'm already overwhelmed. So the universe is giving this to me. And my friend said, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And it's interesting because in a moment your ego says, oh, why me? And then I transmute, no, this happened for me, not to me, because I need to learn how to advocate for myself, how to have difficult, difficult conversations with people and stand my ground. Because even if someone's trying to say something, oh, no, this is your name, your information. Well, yes, that is my name. That is my information. But ding, ding, ding. I never opened that card and I am not going to pay for something that I did not charge. And that's really sad that I have to do this, but guess what? This is what I'm doing. And I'm just, just standing my ground and it's been happening for, I think that it was sent to collections like two years ago, but it felt like a fraud to me. So I just didn't respond. I'm like, oh, this is just like a fraud thing. And even at the end of the phone call yesterday, this, this debt collection agency was asking for my social security number. And I said, no, thank you. I do not feel comfortable giving you my social security number. No, thank you. And so again, it is just this test to keep flipping my energy. And like the universe is like, oh, you say you're ready to stand up for yourself and create boundaries. Oh, here you go. Here you go. So this is what I keep doing. This is what I keep doing. And coming back to being that rooted empath who's not taking on that negative energy from that debt collector on the phone or from your spouse or your kids or kids, teachers or grumpy pants at the grocery store, you can connect your energy high above. So right, like I was saying, I've had a hard time connecting with the earth, but here I am. I find myself almost two and a half years in living just like the most beautiful space with trees and right now it's fall so the elk and the deer are rutting and it's this like majestic primal mating season of nature and full expression and it's so interesting like the elks make this sound that have you ever heard with like a rigid straw I'll do my best I'll do my best impersonation so this morning we're driving to school there is like a lane of like three lanes. There's like one for a left-hand turn, one for straight and one for oncoming traffic. Some of the female 
I think they're called cows are on the left side with their babies. Some are on the right. And then you see this giant elk who is like the master. I don't know if it's master. There's probably a more technical term for like he has already like claimed these ladies because he's going to seed them. And he sees these cars coming in with this huge giant rack, just like setting so heavy on his head. It's like, boom. And he's just like, not foaming at the mouth, but a little bit foaming, but just like the steam is rolling out. And this part of town gives me goosebumps is like submerged in a cloud. So it's like this foggy, almost like dream, like morning. And he goes, that's a terrible impersonation. I feel like I can do, but it's like, and it it like crackles and it's high pitched and it's very unattractive. That's my bet. That's a good impersonation. I feel and it's so interesting that he does that and then he'll charge the like, these are my ladies. And it's so interesting because it's nature's way of ensuring that these ladies are going to be seated by the strongest, most dominant male, making sure that the next generation of elk to come are going to be really strong and be able to thrive and survive up here because it gets so windy. It gets freezing cold. It snows like nine months out of the year, off and on. And it's beautiful. And I don't know where I was going with this, but I was, oh yes, I was talking about nature. And so it's like moments like that, moments where I'm going for a hike and I can look at this transformation of the trees and moments where I can just like stop and take my feet, take my feet off. No, we don't take our feet off. (laughs) Take my feet, my bare naked feet and put them on the freaking earth. Even if it's pokey or scratchy or thistly or thorny, or I step on a rock or whatever, get my feet rooted in the earth. And being a rooted empath is like connecting with the air above and the earth below. And this was a beautiful practice that Rebecca had. It was a meditation in the back of this book that really resonated with me because I've felt this really deep connection to crystals and stones from the earth, which come from the earth, is that you imagine a light streaming down from the universe and imagining it sprinkling or maybe like a laser beam coming down the top of your head and down your spine to your sit bones. And perhaps it's like a little pin, a little stream, and then it grows thicker and thicker, wider and wider until it just showers over your entire body. Perhaps it takes up the auric space, the aura, that energetic space outside of you. And then it fills all the way to your toes. And then from the earth, deep in the layers of the earth where the crystals live, the energy, this healing vibrational energy shoots up from those crystals into your feet and you're connected to the earth above and the earth below. And that has been a really powerful practice bringing me into being this rooted empath, this empath who no longer chooses to let empathy run my life, to not let empathy give the headache or the stomach ache or make us feel like a freaking victim. And this was really powerful because I did this beautiful hike book club on this beautiful book, Letters to a Star Seed with a Soul Sister. And she was sharing, I was sharing with her my great struggles with my middle child who doesn't want to listen to me and he argues with me and he cusses at me and I'm like, universe, like it is very challenging. And moving from this victim mentality of like, oh, why, why is my son doing this? Is that she shared that with her experience and her son being in rehab and they've been working with this awesome counselor therapist saying switching 
the way you communicate from, you make me feel this way. Think of to yourself, how many times have you said, you make me feel this way? I say it all of the time to my kids. I say it to my husband, probably my sisters. So this was a huge awareness. Was you bring me awareness and attention so you can put your hand on your heart and you, from your perspective, say, I feel like, I feel like shit when you talk to me like this. It makes me feel like I'm out of control and I'm being a really bad mom. And I have no idea how I am communicating with you. I don't know how to communicate with you, Milo. So that's just something that I've actually been practicing. And then you say, within my control, or my hope for you within my control is that you can choose to calm yourself down and respond to me versus reacting in these very harsh ways. And then a hope for you outside of my control would be that you could be nice, that we could have a better relationship, that one day that we'll wake up and we'll get each other. So I laugh because it's like almost painful. But that was really huge for me to move from right that victim mentality and feeling like, why me? My son is such a burr that I feel not you make me feel like this. You take all of the attention and the awareness to how you're feeling from your perspective, because just because this person is acting like a total shit doesn't mean that you have to take it on. And it doesn't mean that you're not affected by them or what they're doing. You have to speak from your freaking truth, from your guts, from your heart, out of your Vishuddha chakra, your throat chakra. And you have to speak your truth because again, this is part of us being here. And in this beautiful book, Rebecca shares about seeding ourselves here. Because right, a lot of us empaths, we want to escape. We want to float and fly far away. When I first started meditating, I am not even kidding you when I say I meditated, two to four hours a day. I meditated two to four hours a day. And that would be two hours before my kids woke up. When I put my kids for a nap, I would want to escape because I felt safe. I felt calm. I felt like the ethers is where I belong. Because as a starseed, I truly believe that there's not just one universe. There's not just these galaxies. And we are definitely not the only life. If we think that we are the only life in the solar system, we are far mistaken. And I remember just that feeling of wanting to escape and go up there, but that is not our purpose. That's not why our souls picked to be on this planet at this time. And Rebecca is teaching us in this beautiful book to seed, like a seed in the earth, to seed our soul energy, to merge right? Our selves together, to merge this body, this mind, and this spirit as one, instead of being so separate. And I know even me and my spiritual work, you get caught up in like the ego and then the higher self. And it's like, we have these two perspectives. We have like the devil on our shoulder and the angel on our shoulder. It's like, which one are we going to follow? And the awareness that Rebecca has brought to us is to merge those together, to not be separate anymore, to be your vulnerable, perfectly imperfect you that is your spirit, that is all of the karma that comes with you, that is all the past lives, everything that is merging into this moment right here to seed yourself in this moment by freaking being present, by breathing, by practicing freaking self-care. Why self-care? People will be like, why? How does self-care work? Self-care is a direct link to our soul. It's when we take time to feel good. Those feeling goodness, some people say feeling good, good, the word good is connected to the word God. God, 
good, G-O-O-D, whatever your God may be, like the universe, love, light, expansion, a man in a cloak with a beard, whatever it is, that goodness, those elevated energies and emotions within us are what bring us closer to our God-realized, our our God-like state, that self-care is our gateway to our spirit, to merging, to seeding our freaking selves here. I know it can sound like a lot. I remember reading a lot of these concepts and just feeling like, yes, 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 or oh my gosh, how do you do that? And so it starts with this awareness, this opening on a heart level, on a whatever level it is. Some people resonate with heart level, body level, mind level, spirit level, whatever vibes with you to open to what is it that is your purpose in this exact life? Like why has the universe brought your soul here? What is your purpose? Not what is the things that you have to do? Because we all have to do things. I know I get so loss, especially in the role of being a mom and a wife and like a house manager and all of the relentless, never ending chores and housework and the fucking messes that sometimes like thwart me. And then I go back to writing. I come back to, I haven't painted my beautiful soul sisters. I feel like in over a year and a half, painting is like my, one of my soul things where I just feel so present and so inspired in the moment, like connected with energy to love, to light, to the divine, doing these women's circles. Like I am so here teaching yoga, sound drum healing, like universe. Thank you. And it doesn't always have to be one thing, one thing. And even if you are in a job or feeling stuck or trapped in a career, that that does not define who you are knowing that all of us have a very, a very creative and unique journey and knowing that each point of our journey is just as important as the last one. And it's not the freaking end point. It's not that finish line. That is what we're looking for. It is legitimately here and now in this journey, like showing up for all of the moments, for all of the imperfect moments, for being, especially in those raw, painful moments. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's like when your kids are screaming and yelling at you at the top of your lungs and all you want to do is just like push the mute button or push stop or delete or whatever it is. But what if we were meant to show up in all of these moments? What if we were meant to shift the paradigm of the way that we were raised in this life? What if when your child is melting down or sharing their greatest fears with you or being vulnerable, that you held space for them, that you just allowed them to talk without giving them advice, which is something that I struggle with and something I am working at is listening, is just listening. (sighs) That I need a pause there. Listening. And listening even involves those silent, still moments. Or the moments where the mind is running rampant. Listen, absorb, be here, be where you are. Oh, there's, I'm like, <laughs> this book, like there's so many things. And I don't want to, I don't want to miss like my most favorite points. Talk about the Akashic Records. And I don't know if I shared, but I do love in this book how at the end of these spaces, I think I did share this, is that she has these beautiful soul inquiries. And actually I had purchased the Rose Oracle, which is one of her beautiful oracles. And she had someone do the art and it's beautiful. And Junie 
is like an oracle goddess. She's so in tune with like card readings. And I feel really in tune with this deck. And I actually got it for my sister um, for her birthday this last week, which was so beautiful. We had a birthday little little mini celebration circle. And it was so lovely. I'm so grateful for it. This was another part, which I already talked a little bit about, is that what is our soul mission? Our soul mission on this planet. And this is the bold, the bold part that I starred here. It says, we must stop trying to save other people and instead focus on returning to love ourselves, the earth and, in, and each other. That's Rebecca Campbell. I love it. So there's another one on soul gifts and soul training. And that is just really tapping into what are your soul gifts? If you resonate with being that empath, that is one of your gifts. If you, I, before I started doing energy work with Reiki, I just could feel and sense, and that's probably part of being an empath. Some people call it clear empathy, the ability to sense and feel others' emotions. But also I could, I just started tapping into feeling energy in my hands and around me. I can feel kind of like stuck energies on people. And I think I'm, I'm working on my verbiages. I actually shared it in last week's podcast. I think it's clear sentient. It's one where you're touching, but there's all of these different beautiful gifts. And I actually did share about all of them, but really like cultivating what your gifts are in this life and not running away from your intuition. And this part in this book, hello, is intuition that our bodies are born intuitive and it doesn't just come from the third eye as many of us believe our bodies are always communicating with us really your body is always sending you messages but unfortunately we have been misled we have been fueled by addiction by drugs and alcohol and caffeine and food and media and social media and Netflix and Amazon and blah, 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 blah. Like we all get sucked into that rat race. But really, that's why meditation, sitting with yourself, taking time for self-care is so essential. So we can allow ourselves to get quiet enough to feel what it's feeling like in our body. And why is it feeling like this? And not tricking ourselves and saying that it's not normal to feel pain and that there's something wrong with me. Oh my gosh. And running to a doctor in that moment. Because yes, sometimes big things happen, but our body is sending us signals and it is just helping us every step of the way, every step of the way. But somewhere a long time ago, I'm like thinking of this, like with my son, Milo, who's 10, I'm like, he has totally shut off his intuition and it makes me want to ball already at 10. (sighs) And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, when did that happen? Was I a part of that? And I can't, I, you can't allow guilt <laughs> to hold you back or blame yourself for things because I know, especially as moms, we do that. We are like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And this is that moment of compassion and forgiveness and love, unconditional love, like the trees offer us, like nature offers us this non-judgment that nature shows us that. We don't get to choose other people's journeys, that we just show up with love, with light, and even in those light-filled moments is darkness and pain, and we have to freaking ride the waves. And really, in this beautiful book, Letters to a Starseed, Rebecca is sharing with us that 
tune into the signals your body is giving you when you're around certain people. I feel like I've talked about this so many different times that you know what it feels like to feel good around people. Those people who lift you up, who light you up, who you crave to be around, who makes you smile just thinking about them. Text those people, call them, connect with them. Maybe there's someone out there that you're like, oh my gosh, I want to spend more time with you. I love you. Make those connections. And when there's those people, even if they so happen to be your extended family or family family, you limit your time. You create boundaries because when you're not feeling good around people, you're just growing that energy. And as the most beloved Wayne Dyer, one of my beautiful spiritual mentors shared with us is that the energy that we put out is what we receive back. And remembering that we are like these walking, signaling radio towers. If we are always in this negativity bias, like stuck and thinking, oh my God, bah, calling people names, feeling down in the dumps, it is easy to get sucked into that low vibration and then the guilt and the jealousy and the shame overwhelms. All it takes is a gratitude practice, is saying, I am grateful, I am grateful, I am grateful, or I am love, I am love, I am love, I am compassion, I am compassion. It gives me goosebumps because just saying the words, I am love and I am grateful, instantly raises your vibration and shifts the channel that you're putting out. When you're putting that out, good things are going to come back to you. And you're going to attract those loving relationships that you want, that you crave. And even if it's with your spouse and you've been stuck in this like dark, karmic, nasty loop, which often on my husband have been, if you've been following me on this journey. And I realize that it's like when I'm putting out like that, I am just like, I can't stand him. He's so annoying. Like we never spend time with us. All the negative things. Yeah, that's coming back to me. But then when I focus on, oh my gosh, you're so amazing and you're so helpful and you're so creative. And I love how you teach our kids how to adventure and to not be scared and how to be funny and how to be light and carefree and how to be professional and how to be successful. Like there's all of these positive things too. But when I get stuck in the negative, our relationship goes negative. When I project those positive, beautiful, light-filled images about my partner, miraculously, our relationship improves. Why do you think that is? Because we're walking freaking signals. We, What we're putting out into the world is what is coming back to us. Whether or not you resonate or not, it is the truth of science. You can science it up if you want to. You can physics, explore, expand energy. It resonates with me. And this was something that is so interesting too, is that my whole life, it was just like not feeling like a success because I didn't do all of these things or I didn't go to college and get the degree. But in this spiritual space that I, I do energy and heart work in, that none of that matters. Not even one of those diplomas or anything would matter. It doesn't matter your qualifications. It doesn't matter your diplomas or licenses or experience. What matters is that freaking heart connection, that intuitiveness, that grounding into nature. That is what matters because coming to this soul level, like you have to just, it just is, it just is. And there's no explanation for it. Ah, I'm so excited about this book. Okay. I'm trying to think of what soul agreements and the crossing of paths. Okay. The little tidbit about this part 
is, here's what Rebecca says. Relationships are one of the most incredible and complex parts of the human experience. And as a result, they're the number one way we grow. Did you hear that? Can I reread that to you? Relationships are one of the most incredible and complex parts of the human experience. And as a result, they're the number one way we grow. Ah, really? Yeah. So check in yourself. I know I'm checking myself in the way that I keep being towards my my kids and this frustration of hormones and puberty and attitudes. And I'm like, okay, the next part, I already shared a little bit about our soul family, our star family. We have a star family and it's so, I think, I don't know if it's rewarding or just, it just feels good and light and it feels like you can express and be who you want to be. You can show all the weird and ugly, yucky parts of yourself. And this family, this soul family does not judge. So do not mistaken your soul family with like you're a biological family in this life, because that's not always your soul family. Maybe a few members from your biological, like physical human family is your soul family, but your soul family is like your soul sisters, your soul brothers, your soul mom, your soul aunt, like those ones that you're like, oh my gosh, I just love you so much. And I connect with you. And maybe you hear their voice and it makes you tear up because you're just so connected to them. Oh, this was beautiful. So this says in um, the soul family segment, so that there's different roles that we play in our soul family. And I will tell you mine at the end is the teacher, right? Who is the teacher in your soul family? Who is the healer? right? Healing can happen on so many different levels. The catalyst. This one is kind of the one that I was like, what does that mean? It says that the catalyst is the person who comes in and kind of like shakes things up when you're in a rut, when you're maybe like wanting change and you're ready for a new adventure there. They kind of like freaking just get you. They're like, come on, I'm not afraid. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this adventure. Sometimes I feel like Rex is my catalyst. I think he is my catalyst. I'm like the teacher in my life is so many amazing women that's the teachers in my life the healer I feel like my role is the healer like that's mine and I know many other healers that I have come in contact with okay other roles maybe you can plug in who your soul family is and who those roles are for you the companion this one is a lifelong relationship and at least one lifelong the companion for me I feel like is Junie she's my total companion I mean I love Rex so much and have been with him but Junie is like my companion, my comrade, my like heart, soul, family. Um, The soul growth friends. Think of your soul growth friends. I have so many soul growth friends. Oh gosh, here we go. The challenger. That's Milo for me. That's my middle son. The challenger, the one who is always pushing your buttons, challenging you, getting up in your business, testing you. Who is the challenger in your life? And what about the way shower and map maker? Ooh, goosebumps. I have this one in particular, old, beautiful soul friend that I know she is my way shower and map maker. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. This was another, so at the end of, like I said, at the end of the segments, there is these soul inquiries. And I'll just read like two of these. So it says, are there people in your life who you think could be a part of your soul family? Just like reflect for a moment. Are there people in your life who you think could be your soul family? You know it. Don't let the ego get in your way because that's part of this book is we're trying to detach from that. We're just spiraling, bringing both, merging 
ourselves, to our other selves. It says, oh, we, which I already kind of talked about, but this soul inquiry is asking about how your soul family have played these different roles in your life and how have you played roles in their lives? And perhaps how has the presence of your soul family been a part of your growth journey? Been a part of your healing journey? She doesn't say healing part, but how have they been that? Oh my gosh. And I talked about star family and soul clusters. And, you know, it's just like those people that you meet. Maybe you just see them in passing and you're like, oh my gosh, I've known you forever and I love you. And those are your, your soul people. Okay. Oh my gosh, there's so many things. This is another part in this book. It says, I remember, why did you come here? And it's just really tapping into why you chose to come here. And allowing you to, as we chatted about, be a grounded person, merging your soul self with your physical human self, like merging yourself and not separating ourselves and really seeding ourselves and stepping into who we were meant to be in this life and doing the things that we were meant to be. Oh, beautiful star seeds. Oh, I love this. So this is, um, this part is star seed rolls. And she has like different parts and there is this part that's the activator and there's the gift and the challenge. So there's the gift and the challenge of your soul, of your starseed role. There's always a gift and there's always going to be a challenge. And then there's the alchemist, which I am just really loving the word alchemist. And if you know this word, like an alchemist is someone who transmutes or shifts or changes something like in a magical kind of way. It's pretty much most of us star seeds are alchemists. So the alchemist also has a gift and a challenge. And there's also an artist. An artist in this book, she refers to as kind of like the creative thinkers, the ones who can create their visions and the ones and maybe the challenge of having that artistic creative mind is that trusting in your gifts and not allowing judgment to rule your life. Oh, here's a beautiful... She also has a birther. A birther is someone who brings in new worlds and new ways of doing things, like creating new things, but there's also a challenge to that birther. And then coming to that challenger, that if you resonate with a challenger, that you see things differently and that you are here to crack people's minds open and shift things. And that challengers might find it frustrating as the challenge in a challenger is when people don't see the way that you can see things. There is also a grid worker, which a grid worker is called to different parts of the planet, right? Like how we were talking, like there's this crystalline grid on the earth and maybe you're holding space for this segment and there's somebody over in Australia that you know, maybe somebody down in Mexico, somebody over across the world in Asia holding space. These different grids were like holding that. And the gifts are that we are where we need to be. And the challenge can be that energetically the energies can be really intense and you can be really influenced by the influence influ by by the amounts of energy that you tap into and then there's the healer healers see people with whole heart with open love they see you exactly as you are and the challenge of healers would be that you can fall in love with potential versus the actual reality of things because we're big dreamers Jeez, there's so many of these. So there's also the midwife, the space holder, and the visionary. Ah, this is amazing. 
so I I mean there's so many amazing takeaways from this book and I feel like really I could go for like four hours oh so there's other this really helpful part about tapping into our spiritual or metaphysical gifts and Rebecca talks about finding your soul flower and Rebecca does worth work especially with roses and it's really beautiful the way that she shares how when you're in a difficult conversation instead of running away instead of shielding yourself from the hard parts of life that you walk into those with an open heart and that you can bring your soul flower with you and so she was saying that she imagines this beautiful rose in between her and whoever she's having this hard conversation with and allowing the energy of the rose to just send in both directions so it's like this clear pure beautiful conduit and I really resonate also with soul trees or plants or perhaps it could be a spirit animal so I think that once again that you have to kind of grab onto what resonates with you there and that visualization, if you can tune into it, can be so helpful. You can bring whatever energy resonates with you. My soul flower, I always thought it was called candelilla, but it's called calendula. It's this beautiful calendula flower. And it's like this bright yellowy, orangey, kind of squiggly, wild, beautiful flower. And I just like the energy is very healing, like the sun, and it's bright and vibrant. And I, ugh, that's my soul flower. And knowing that you don't need to get too analytical when it comes to like your soul flower is that you can just allow yourself to have that inner knowing because that's part of our Manipura chakra. That's that space underneath of, of the sternum, that hard long bone in the chest and then above the belly button. It's our place of inner wisdom, inner knowledge, our place of confidence. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm like, I could go through one at a time. This part is the awakening process and the importance of integration. And so how can we use our beautiful birth, our awakening to who we are, mind, body, and spirit, and integrate, integrate, bringing ourself, our soul, our mind, our body, integrating them into one, not all of these separate entities. And right, it might be a practice. It's not going to be a perfect. It could happen miraculously overnight. It could take time. It could take a day. It could take an hour. It could take weeks. It could take a year. If you open up to the intention of anything and trust that the universe will bring it on its own perfect timing, not on your timing, it will come. It will come. And this beautiful word, integration, integrate. Weave the sacred back into everyday life as Rebecca Campbell as her work shows us how to weave the sacred part of our soul into everyday life and not feel so disconnected so far from our spirit. Oh my goodness. So the back of this book, not it's not like the very back, but a lot of it is talking about our empath powers and different ways that we can utilize our empath, empath powers or alchemize it. And it's right once we can figure out how to root ourselves and right again quit overthinking it like I do like stop thinking about being a rooted empath and just be rooted just say I'm rooted and trust that the universe is going to bring that to you and we as empaths there are different ways that we can shift energy so right say you walk into a room where your partner's freaking out instead of just holding and just like 
that energy. So a huge thing that I've always done that Rebecca didn't really talk about as much is just a protection bubble, protection bubble, put up that protection bubble. The problem with protection bubbles and empathy is that often they're not strong enough and they deflate because that empathy vibration is just like sensing other humans and is like, must feel what they are feeling. It's like we're a magnet, right? Because we're talking about what we're putting out is coming back to us. We're feeling so much and we just are almost like craving it, but then we get so overwhelmed by it. So what we can do instead of just taking on energy or putting up this freaking protection bubble that's not really going to hold is that we can choose to transmute transform, shift this energy. What does that mean? That means hold that intention. Like I'm going to transmute, I'm going to shift this energy into love. Like for me, I can be like, almost like turn a dial. I'm turning this into love. Like you are in charge of your feelings. I am in charge of my feelings. No one can make us feel a certain way. It is up to us. It's enough of this victim. And like, you make me feel, we talked about this. I am taking in control of how I am feeling and I'm choosing. So I'm going to shift that I'm going to transmute this to love. Maybe I need to transmute. I need to forgive this person. I need to give this person compassion. Whatever it is that feels in your reach in that moment, maybe you're just freaking grateful for this person, even if it's painful, even if it's messy. How can you transmute and shift that? Or as an empath, what if you just let that shit go? You just brush it up, brush it off your shoulder. Let that chip go. You can click it away. You can swipe it away. You can blow it away let it go. Allow trees to teach you this fall. If you are in the season of change and fall, allow trees to teach you how to let dead things go without attachment. Let that shit go. Let it go. Another one is hold it, holding energy, right? So this is what a lot of us empaths do like 99.9% of the time is we hold the energy and then it becomes who we are. Choose though what it is you want to hold. If it's like anger and guilt and jealousy, you do not want to hold those low vibrations. They're going to physically manifest and make you feel awful. They're going to bring on headaches. So do what you need to do and shift that energy, protect yourself, ground your freaking energy into the earth because you need to be rooted. So you're not just like being this sponge of the environment, right? And if it's a moment of love and beauty, when you freaking stop you pull your car over on the side of the road, you watch the river flow, you stop and you look up in the sky. When the sun is setting, you see that transformation of colors in the fluffy clouds. You hold that energy. Those high, good energies that feel so good, those are the ones you hold. The ones that you transmute are the yucky ones that you don't want to right? So what can we do? We can transmute, we can shift, make that energy, whatever you want. You are an alchemist. Whether you resonate with that or not, we are all these magical, magical humans with these spiritual metaphysical gifts. Like we all are. And when we can tap into that and know that we are alchemists and we can shift whatever we want, we can shift, we can transmute, we can transform it. What if you just saw if you were in a room and you were having a yucky fight with someone and maybe you threw up that beautiful image of your flower or a tree and you allowed that tree or that flower to just transmute. That's what the earth does. It just transmutes. Maybe you could imagine 
it, this disgusting, sludgy energy from this person or this energy that's going and watch it just like melt into the earth and the earth just absorbs it and regenerates it and turns it into new and turns it into love. Ha! What if? What if we could tap into our inner alchemist? That we all have these magical powers to shift or change anything that we want into our lives with, right? The power of thought, intention, feeling, the power of grounding ourselves, the power of realizing that we are all magic. We are magic. And Halloween is coming up here in a few weeks. And it was, this has been a time of year, like, I don't really love scary things. And I don't love how Halloween just brings all this spooky business up and darkness and just trying to put so much more fear than there already is. And so I don't really resonate with that. But what I do resonate with this time of year is this celebration of change, of watching nature, of being present. And it was really sad because my son watched, I think he watched like the new Ghostbusters with all those hilarious SNL actresses. And I, I watched like probably three fourths of it, but it was just getting like really dark and really dark. And I told myself many years ago that like, I'm just done with watching scary movies. They don't fill me up like gross. I don't want to do that. And so Milo had watched that movie with his cousins and he said, mom, I really hate Halloween. I hate how it's always scaring you and just making you feel bad. And then I brought it to his awareness. Same thing. I said, me too, buddy. And I was watching that movie and I just like decided I'm going to turn this off. I don't want to watch this anymore. And I'm going to transmute that energy into love. I just send love. I send love. And I've been doing this a lot because I've been feeling off and on like my house gets these interesting, weird energies. And anytime we watch spooky movies, it can open up like dark portals in your home. So I feel like I'm constantly doing these like portal adjustments where I'm like, I can feel whatever dark energy that is not welcome in my house. That's not like my family's spirit guides or guardian angels. And I just like spin, I send that energy back. I say, I send you to the Milky Way with love. I close the portal and then throw a grid like a spider web and and I can clear like that. But it's been interesting because I've been feeling all of these like heavy energies that keep coming and the universe is like, oh, really? You can protect yourself? And I do. So that's another gift. That's for another day. So I would just, I could keep talking forever. I just really encourage you that if you do resonate with that role of an empath to learn your empathy is a superpower and that it doesn't have to be something that destroys your life or ruins your life or runs your life. I know it. I've lived it. I've been here off and on. I have these moments. Being around a lot of people can be a struggle for me. And I'm really teaching myself in my 39th year on this planet in this life to root myself into know that I don't have to take other people's energy on, that I I just fill myself with high vibrations. And I've been doing a lot of mantra with I am love. And I just say, I am love, I am love, I am love. When I'm struggling, my mantra has been, I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love. And I will say it like as many millions of times. And I really encourage you that you try try it. Try on I am love when you're struggling. Maybe you're having a great time. Maybe you're stuck at traffic. Maybe you're just feeling like crap or you're like, ah, I'm looking over and there's probably like six loads of laundry strung all over my couch that I've been putting off for like three days and I just know I need to fold it. Like I am love. I am love. I can do this. (laughs) And then just freaking do the thing. 
Okay, so this part that Rebecca shares about empathy, this is going longer than I expected, and I hope that you're still following me. And if if you need a pause and pick up tomorrow, pick up tomorrow, but I'm still going. Rebecca shares, an empath has the power to receive and shift energy consciously. That is, their presence has the potential to bring about energetic shifts. However, if they don't know this, they'll find themselves unconsciously absorbing and resending out the same frequency, which has been the freaking problem with being an empath is that being on that same frequency and knowing that we get to change it. Okay. I feel really good about everything that I have shared. And so I love Rebecca's book in the end of this book. She has meditations and I think mostly meditations and activations and just like beautiful reminders that are just amazing. Ooh, this one is amazing. There's just so many awesome, awesome pieces to this book. And like I said, I could talk about it forever. It's one of those books that you could just come back to time and again. And I really believe if you are feeling connected to a book, pick it up, flip open the book and write, you are intuitive. Just trust that that's going to be the message that you need to hear. And I do this often with books like this book. And I was sharing with you how I was talking about something and then it was like, oh yeah, yes, that is your reminder that, that this is your message that you need to hear in this moment. And knowing that wherever you are on the planet, in your life journey, in your soul purpose, in your star seed journey, that it's a practice. It's not a perfect. And I am trying to, I'm like, what is our self-care practice of today? And I think I did this last week about empathy. And if you resonate with being an empath, I really feel like most of us are empaths, that we were born empaths. I think as women too, we're just so in tuned, especially if you are a mother or you have like a collaboration of sisters or people that you're around, you can just, or a partner that you're really in tuned with or animals that we're just in alignment. And so what I really encourage you, my beautiful, beautiful empath is to become an empath alchemist is to become a rooted, a grounded empath. And maybe it's watching trees, getting in nature, touching trees, hugging trees, holding them, and maybe just asking trees, how can you teach me how to be more rooted? How can you teach me? And be open to that. Be open to what that actually means. Or if that's a struggle and you have, get a house plant, house plants have roots. Yeah, they're in like a pot and they're more of an in controlled environment, but those plants in our house cannot grow without roots. So we must learn how to root ourselves here. And coming back to, I'll, I will put in the show notes in the description that we can, what is it? Transmute the energy, shift the energy to what we want to shift it or freaking just let it go. Let it roll off to and through you. Sometimes I will do this practice too. I'll imagine water. So that's bringing that image or that's your bringing your soul flower or your soul tree or nature into the situation and embodying that energy of that thing from nature and letting that fill up the space right and remembering that every moment is here as a teacher that life is not happening to us to you there's luna barking if you can hear her. it's happening for us and when we can open up that everything is here to help us grow and especially like we read 
the relationships in our lives are our greatest growth teachers. And if we're experiencing the same energy with this person over and over, it's time for us to shift. It's time to shift. It's time to be an alchemist, to know your inner magic powers, my beautiful soul sisters. I love you so much. And I really, I hope that there's many things or some things that jumped out at you. And I really hope that if you do resonate with being an empath, that you can help root yourself, protect yourself. You can show up for this beautiful gift that the universe has given you. And I'm so open to please give me any feedback at awakenyoushellybond at gmail.com. You can find my book, Awaken You, Shelly Bond on Amazon. You can catch me on Instagram, Awaken You, Shelly Bond, or Facebook, Shelly Bond. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And I will be back here hanging out with you next week. Bye-bye, my lovelies.